0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite.
2: <laughs> I just scared the shit out of the new little rescue. Uh,
0: oh, uh, po- welcome to Podcasting
2: with Puffs. Podcasting? We, yep. <laughs> you don't have to run. She's on my lap. She wanted to be up here podcasting. And then we did our one, two, three clap, and she's now traumatized for life.
0: Who, uh, for, for those of our, for our listeners who don't know anything about what we're talking about, what are we talking about right now, Brooke? We are talking
2: about the, the foster who landed during the middle of last week's episode uh, is now sitting on my lap. Her name is Frida, but we we think we're going to call her Reba instead. That makes oh, us laugh. I Reba's, love it. Reba's real cute. And she is very attached to us and our dog and I think we have started motions in the process to invite her into
0: our family officially. So much bonding. I love it. I love it. Well, you guys, uh, on that note, welcome to Cyber Podcast. I'm, I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. And I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. You guys, foster dogs, adopt, don't shop. We're we're such big fans of scrappy, un, unhoused pups that need good homes. Heck yeah. You know, it's, uh, I
2: think they're... I think it's safe to say that I have a temperament that would normally be okay with fostering and just feeling that little twinge of sadness to let them go. If someone mm-hmm. who is like, yay, this is the dog we want, we put in our papers, we're coming to get them. This one is just like, I'm like, I, I would be a pile of tears <laughs> if someone came to get her. So I I, I think that says something.
0: I love it. I can't wait to meet her. Oh, you're gonna die! She's um, so awesome.
2: Um, it was Sean's birthday. Uh, yesterday to happy belated to my boyfriend, and we got a reservation at
0: Agnes. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Did she, you get Did you get the chicken liver mousse? Uh, cornbread situation.
2: So our our charcuterie board. Um. Came with a duck moose, so we opted mm. out of two mooses in one night. I mean, mm. come on. What mm. am I, a fucking I'm- Edwardian king?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you, an 80s uh, hairdo? <laughs> they used a lot of moose in the 80s, you guys, if you oh, are that's not pretty, pretty up to speed. <laughs> Thank you. Pretty good, Andrea. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's great. I We still haven't gone. I'm, I'm excited to go. So, aces, thumbs ups? I really liked it. I
2: Again, it's one of those situations where probably the more people at the table the better, even those though those are not like my favorite dining experience. Sure, sure. I think
0: four I think four to six is solid if you want to share. Yes. And it's not like you know what I mean? I feel like when you're not that I don't love going out to like a group of fucking for like twelve fucking ladies, which we like did, I don't even remember when that was like (sighs) the night you and I got super tanked, but like it's good, but it's also just like, this is crazy. You know? It's, um. it's a, I'm trying to formulate
2: my feelings. Like, like I'm, well, I get bummed too because I'm like, okay, like when it's just two of us for dinner, like why, why are we in the world if we can't put a plate of food together? Why mm-hmm. is it a fucking $60 ribeye with nothing on it and then mm. the $15? Side dish, but you just order for everybody. It's a really fucking ugly way to eat Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you're basically getting torn, mashed, ripped bits of every dish all piled on your plate. It just mm-hmm. looks like junk. It, you don't get to taste the food as intended because someone may have taken like the corresponding dressing right, or right, the accent right. thing right. that's supposed to come with the one dish. And you just get this mauled plate of garbage and I feel very sad. I'm very like French school of like I want to see my protein, my veg, and my starch. Totally, totally, resting in a beautiful accompanying little broth or sauce.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I love, I love sharing. But I think like a four to six situation is is perps. I that.
2: think sharing is fantastic when you're talking Middle Eastern food, Mexican, like Korean barbecue. When mm-hmm. it's this new American style. Where they're like, and that's a forty five dollar trout filet that's just a sad piece of fish on a tiny plate. <laughs> it's it makes me mad. It makes me mad and I've been seeing it a
0: lot uh, lately. I'm not gonna well, name names of bummer. some other places, but Bummer. Yeah. bummer. Overwhelming uh, situations. But it was Speaking good. Of, it was good. really
2: good. And I we were Great. like, my parents, like, like it's almost like, let's go and get, like, some snacks and a glass of wine, and we mm-hmm. could easily go somewhere else for dinner totally. afterwards. Totally. I like
0: stuff like that, for yeah. sure. I love things like that. Uh, yeah. Speaking of overwhelming and chaotic, birthday party <laughs> was, I'm like, did I talk to anybody for more than three minutes the entire night? No. I forgot what it's like to host, and I remember... I even said to myself like years ago like and you know like hosting parties like i'm gonna scale down and only invite like six to eight people to my home so i can have like actual real conversations with them, and not just be a fucking like like running around like refilling ice buckets and like getting everybody their (laughs) first drink and then like being pulled this way and that way like i i i like had to text people and be like hey i'm sorry i talked to you for five minutes did you have fun everybody like everybody had a great time there but, was know. there was such an
2: air of you know and and disclaimer, there was a little bit of you know sad birthday girl that we did not erupt into dance. I get it, Andrea. Yeah,
0: it's fine, it's fine. But
2: it's, fine. It, it's also I I for one can say I was really enjoying catching up with friends and just being in everyone's
0: presence and I'm so happy that I was able to facilitate that and when everybody else left I think I was just kind of like oh man where are you guys going and then Brian Lucas was like we're gonna fucking dance I don't care if everybody's gone and like he and I danced for like an hour and then like somehow both just passed out on the couch like did not even realizing it you know those nights where you're like you wake up and you're like wait we both just passed out that's not even um so that's perfect and cute anyways but Remember how we promised we were going to take photos of the drink you made and each other? I did other? take we did one. F- oh, you I did, did d- take one photo. Okay, I have to search it out. But the punch I think was a hit. It went over very, very well. This was the Lo-Fi teeth Punch, you guys. The doy. What other kind of punch would we be talking about right now? Um, with strawberry brandy and apérol, and then fresh lime juice and simple syrup. Ooh, bitch, in a pinch I was like, I can't juice all these limes. Um, I just used a simply limeade actually, and it w- it worked out it worked out very well I thought the the highlight of the of the punch was the gentian amaro yes yes that would be the amaro that was definitely give the the shiner that was the shiner of the drink um but yeah you know I'll even I'm gonna repost that recipe along Mm. with a a photo of, of the drink I made um so you guys can check it out Nice. All right. Should we jump into some headlines? Yeah. You take the lead on this. And, you know, I read the whole article, and it's crazy. Dude, it's fucking crazy. Okay. So I caught wind of this a couple – no, last week, last week. So a max exodus happened in Applebee's uh, outside of Kansas City after an executive. So Applebee's are franchised. So this executive, like, oversaw, like, 11 Applebee's in the Kansas City area. He sends this fucking scathing email out – Basically saying that because inflation is happening and gas prices or prices are rising, that like they then have the upper hand to lower the wages, hourly wages of employees, like for new hires.
2: Well, and this was not an email to. No, this was a this was like exactly a a leaked leaked.
0: email. This got out. Sure, this yeah, this shit got out. So this Vice article specifically focuses on one. Um, Applebee's And talks about This guy Jake Holcomb He's a shift manager At the Applebee's In Lawrence, Kansas Which is a college town Outside of Kansas City um, And he he was there Basically And like Someone was like Oh this guy's Wayne Payne Is the guy's name By the way That's the executive Who was, like Shat, shat first- the bed
2: can we say, like, like we write scripts, and this is like a villain name, like an annoying Applebee's corporate franchise boss name that we would dream up, and this is his real name.
0: Wayne Pan- Wayne Pancrats Wayne Pancrats. So last Monday, Jake's uh, um, co-worker came in to eat with a friend and said, hey, have you seen the email? So then, basically, he reads the email, is so fucking pissed off You know, and then uh, at the same time, Wayne Krantz is saying most of our employee base and potential uh, employee base live paycheck to paycheck. Any increase in gas prices cuts into their disposable income as inflation continues to climb and gas prices climb and continue to go up. That means more hours employees will need to maintain their current level. The labor market is about to turn in our favor, is what he says, what a piece of shit so jake reads the note and he fucking quits on the spot so before he left though he printed about two dozen stacks of the email showed them to his coworkers, put them up all over the store on the tables on bar tops on the host stand the doors and even the computer terminals and he gave everybody in the restaurant their food for free that day yeah 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 so in a week since that email was sent Tons of people at this restaurant have quit. Four out of six managers and at least 10 other workers either quit on the spot or handed in their notices. Um, and people are fucking pissed off. So Applebee's as a corporation has very much separated themselves from and Crance, and he is a terminated, obviously. Ooh. It's so,
2: um, I mean, with everything that we think, thought we'd learned right Mm -hmm. over the last two years, someone's takeaway actually being like these damn restaurant workers and their high status upper hand behavior that really only really came into play in terms of having more choice of where to work. They didn't necessarily get to, you know, we saw a lot of memes, a lot of funny videos that even like our friend Drew Talbert made or whatever, you know, walking in, bitch slapping a hiring manager, being like, I won't wear the uniform. You're starting me at $30 an hour and fuck you. That's how it felt. That's not how it ended up. But to feel like you suddenly have some right to turn around and then shit right back on the least protected, least mm-hmm. paid workers uh, in our society, especially after maybe some of us are just starting to get a foothold on our finances Dude. after a two-year pandemic.
0: And let's not fucking assume things are better. There, yeah, Restaurants are still fully understaffed at the yeah. moment. I mean, this specific restaurant, you know, they go on to talk about how like, basically it was like the only employees were like the bartender and whoever was working in the kitchen and the manager having like whole like huge they're trying to remember we talked about they were like giving away free mozzarella sticks if you right. just go in and put in an application and having like whole yeah having like whole big hiring days and trying they're, to they're bring like, people in and no. well like they're hiring people not everybody's fucking showing up to their first day of work so it's like you have bigger fucking fish to fry when like you're Stores that you actually like oversee pan Can't even be fully staffed And now this bullshit Right Fuck right off
2: I like how on his corporate minded end He's like no more
0: Mr. Nice mozzarella sticks We're going back We're going back (laughs) in time Get in line fuckers I fucking hate these go back in time fuckwads I can't We're not going back Handle it
2: we're not Which going what back. They
0: want this is what the uh, blah, blah, blah. anyway. More hot Applebee's goss, you guys. But we can't we can't stay away from it. <laughs> there's a
2: there's a pretty outraged community following this email and story on Reddit. Uh mm-hmm. I think the Reddit subgroup is anti-work. So if you want to go check it out there, this got posted within the last few days and is generating, you know, just a, a lot of I think really important outrage and dialogue over. And hopefully maybe exposing more local franchise businesses where the owners are getting greedy again. Which is, again, we're now, it's like not even a pandemic. We're at war on top of that too. How fucking dare you, man? Yeah, it's a whole lot. It's
0: a lot,
2: Pankrains. I just had to voice, I turned in an audition uh, for, I guess that, movie sausage party that was with seth rogan what are they making another one it's now of course because that no one remembers that as a movie it's now a series but i uh-huh. did uh i was auditioning for several types of food um which was really fun but yelling very human things like crayons, but like uh-huh. as, a, as a can of beans it was a real uh-huh. mind fuck that's what i was doing all morning i love
0: it i love it i love it Maybe I'll get
2: it.
0: Wow. Asshole.
2: Well, and this is just another wild headline. West Hollywood, Los Angeles. Heads up. Yes, it's hyperlocal. But I think there's a learning lesson to this in general. Ooh, baby. The headline. A food handler at West
0: Hollywood Business tests positive for hepatitis A. Rat Rose. That's the... <laughs> That's not the good one. I mean, none of them are good, but this one's like this is this, the, this is the very contagious one. Yeah. Like oh, without parts being mashed together, right? Oh, yep,
2: exactly. It's the BA2 of the heps. And uh <laughs> even worse, I don't know why I mean, because it, it's it's a juice bar. So you know those hands are touching every Ooh. single container of fruit going into the blender, touching your whey protein, all that stuff. And basically. Sun Life Organics juice bar had to notify the public anyone who'd gone in there for a beverage between March 14th to 17th got a notice that they need to go back get vaccinated for hep A. Wow. Um, I mean if you've had the shot before you don't need to get it again if you've had a prior infection you're good because that's how our immune system works but basically uh, anyone If you went and ate at a business, I feel like this has happened to me. I've gotten a hep hand before. The symptoms you will experience include fever, fatigue, nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, dark colored urine or jaundice, which, as we know, is a yellowing of the skin or eyes. And I've 100 percent been been given like a fucking hep burrito here
0: in Los Angeles. I I like it's like hep hand. I was like, what is that? Huh? (laughs) Ugh, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. We but should li- all just go get shots immediately. Seriously, But likewise, I do think it is your duty. It is the
2: right thing to do if you find out that you've got some sort of wild communicable disease. And this is not this is like stuff that we've learned beyond just the times of, you know, full disclosure of COVID. It's like if you got something that is so transmissible like that, too, you got to report it, even if it's a giant headache.
0: Yeah. Uh, I feel like all of us should just like add servers or like people that work in the service industry in the community, like shouldn't just like shouldn't someone just show up like it's a flu shot and give everybody hepa shots. I like- I, f- I feel like we we should be like rescue dogs
2: where we get fully vetted, you know. They yeah. deworm they deworm us, they give yeah. us our
0: vaccinations and yeah. yeah. And make and sure we're... everybody is like trained to do the OD kit. You know what I mean? Like these are all the things that have to be
2: done. I'm serious, oh. man. Ugh, who knows what we're out there yeah. getting into after hours? You should, Ugh. you should give us all of our shots. Get your shots, everybody. And that being said, let's get into some very hepatitis-riddled server submitted <laughs> stories. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> This lovely writer sent in two in the same email, so we each get one. Wow. All right. So, hi, Sidework Podcast. I'm a kitchen manager at a local pub in London, Ontario, Canada. Now, I won't drop names, as I'm currently still running the kitchen there, but we have had our fair share of crazy restaurant stories in the six years I've been there. It was run for a while by the sons of the actual owner of the business, who, by the way, lives a full seven hours away. Oh, Ooh. Okay, and his sons are young men who have aspirations to be real estate agents, not restaurant managers. So they were rarely in the building, and even when they were, they were not focused on the business. Sounds correct. So in the past two years, we've now had new ownership. Things have gotten heaps better than they used to. So these stories that I'm about to tell are from before they rescued. Disclaimer. Right, disclaimer. Disclaimer. This <laughs> is from before they rescued us from the demon that is a family-run pub. <laughs> who lives, like, in America, practically. He's so far away. Anyway, so, first story. One day, as we were getting into a regular lunch shift, I'm having a conversation with one of the servers. Um, This person, as we mentioned, uh, works in the kitchen. So, as she's pouring a side soup for one of the plates. So, she was always one of those eccentric servers, would come running in the restaurant, right, at starting time, always having an issue as to why she's late, huffing and puffing about something every shift... And how people live their lives that way, by the way.
0: I'm just going to say it.
2: (laughs) It's chaos. You are an agent of chaos when you live your life that way. We've all been there. It's called being in our late 20s. Anyways. <laughs> and it's your half-
0: return. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt. It's your Saturn return. Uh, yes. Some people just stick with them until they're 40s. Okay, go ahead, Brooke. It can. Okay. And she's going to say half the time, I couldn't even like hear what she was
2: saying. It just sounds like she was constantly mumblecore about her life, grumble, grumble under her breath every time she came into the kitchen. So she got used to not paying attention to this server. Uh, but basically right now she wasn't paying attention when the server was pouring her cup of soup. So she takes the plates out. I go about my daily prepping and cooking for the patrons. Not five minutes go by when this server comes running back into the kitchen, carrying the soup that she had poured herself. Okay. Saw it with my own eyes. She then states to me that there is a full cigarette floating in the soup. Now there was another server who was known to put a cig or two in the soup cup for easy access to them when she was quote-unquote nick-fitting, as she beautifully labeled it. Andrea's raising her hand. (laughs) My synapses are firing at the moment. So you got it. This, This may have been a little squirrely hideaway spot, which is very not smart. Anyways, the server then tried to feign innocence and blame me for not noticing a full cigarette was in the soup well. First of all, I had made the soup in a different area of the kitchen, okay? And obviously, I'm not going to include tobacco as an ingredient to chicken noodle soup. Secondly, it's the server's responsibility in our establishment to pour and serve their own soup. So once it's made, I got nothing to do with it until I'm breaking the kitchen down to close. She must have grabbed a soup bowl with a cigarette in it, didn't notice... And poured the soup over it. Then the cigarette floated to the top at the fucking table in front of the customer. (laughs) So we comped the gentleman's food and gave a beer on the house. But it was very embarrassing to see. I was appalled that she had the audacity to outright blame the kitchen manager for a cigarette in the soup as I've always paid close attention to what I'm doing. She took absolutely no responsibility for the incident and probably still blames me when people ask her about it. She no longer works with us, but she does still work as a server, and I pray to Satan she pays more attention.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay, first of Mm -hmm. all, the person who puts their cigarettes in the soup cup is an asshole and shouldn't be doing that anyway because we've talked many times about how soup bowls and cups are coveted items there's never enough of them and like is it near the soup station also this lady obviously is a scatterbrained dum-dum who right. probably blames everybody for everything so
2: yeah 100 you know but then also like what we were just talking about the hep hand Anything that goes into your mouth, please don't put it in a container where then food goes out to the public. I know that there are a lot of slip-ups and gross things that naturally just occur in a kitchen, but that one is, like, top of the list no-no.
0: Yeah, dude. That one's a big fucking no-no. And, like, seriously, I, I'm sorry you got blamed, but, like, this is just the what fucking scatterbrain dum-dum servers do to everybody all the time. At like, least it wasn't, sure. like, a half-smoked sink. That would be so I much know. nastier. Oh, i know or like tobacco chew someone was like spitting into like a bowl and just leaving there which you know is fucking real you know there's people that do that you know i what? guarantee i am
2: now kind of like on the list of things that would come floating to the surface of my cup
0: of <laughs> soup i'm
2: like you know what that's not so bad cuz you just said tobacco chew
0: <laughs> i did i did i did gross oh. gross Ugh. Mind if I uh, bum a cigarette? Okay, let's do the next story. Okay, story number two. All right, it was a beautiful afternoon and we had just finished up a busy lunch on a Saturday. Uh, now I'm running about and stalking the lines and putting away orders between lunch and dinner and I'm not close to the dining room. So all of a sudden I hear a crash and I think someone maybe dropped a tray or just simply slipped and fell. So I make my way into the dining room only to see that it was... Not, in fact, a tray, but a large wall mirror that had been hanging above a mantle. Now, this mirror is like four to five feet tall and three feet wide. So it's a big fucking mirror. And it fell from about four feet off the ground onto an old lady. (laughs) Buck. Luckily, it only grazed her and she was not overly affected by it. Um, It also didn't break. Thank God. So she was so kind despite the situation. We comped the entire table. So much comping happening with food (laughs) in this place. Jesus and got her information so we could check in with her in case she started to feel a concussion or any symptoms. Um, And she was fine. And she came back many times, but sat far, far away from that area every time, even though we had removed the mirror from the dining room. Um, I found out that after the fact, the mirror was simply placed above the mantle and not secured onto the wall and just simply leaned against it. What could go wrong, right? (laughs) Um, I have many more silly stories of ladies falling down draft doors, young staff sleeping in booths after staff parties to slipping in icy parking lots in front of a full patio of patrons. Wait, that must be COVID. I'm like, why is it? Why are people outside on the patio when it's icy? Um, Fire's catching on fire in the middle of service, but I'll save those for another day. Over the past two years with COVID, we've done takeout, exclusive outdoor service. There we go, Andrea. Duh. Masked up and uh, vaccine passported. And although it's been tough, it's been incredible. I feel lucky. Um, that we're one of the only few places that have been flourishing during the pandemic. We have changed so many things here and I'm so grateful and happy to feel proud of the food and drink being pumped out of our little family pub. I hope that life's treating you well and I hope to see Lo-Fi coming to Canada soon. Godspeed and good tips, your friend, your friendly stoner kitchen, bitch. Um, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I just also, so I
2: do love this story and I'm also like, Andrea, it's Canada. Of course, they're just outside in the snow, living their best Canadian lives 24-7. Pandemic or no.
0: <laughs> yeah, love- for sure. I know. I think I was like, I just, it just took me a minute because I live in fucking L.A. now and I'm a precious little bee when it comes to weather. Like, it was fully raining the other day, which was great. Like, rained all day long. and mm-hmm. was chilly. And the visibility on the roads was shit. It was total shit. And I was like, I'm totally still know how to drive and weather like that. And I was like, oh, this is bad. But then I was like, wait, I fucking lived. I lived in the Midwest for so long. And this is just how it is yep. all the time.
2: Arctic, <laughs> Arctic tundra life skills are what you are given. Yeah. And they, they and don't go away. You learn they do not
0: go. They don't go away. Um, well, great set of stories, you guys. And, and way to get some awesome Canadian stories, our neighbors up north. Um, any stories that, you know, are have inspired you from these stories that you guys want to send to us. You know we're here for it. Any confessions. Oh, I we, I'm
2: loving the confessions. Keep those coming short and sweet. We'll read them, we'll take them, but uh send them to us, sideworkpod at gmail.com.
0: Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
2: This is very exciting. I was going to say it's so fun when you get to see a bartender that you enjoy seeing at night during the day. Yay. Yes. Yes. That's a I know. occurrence. Yeah. I so please not everyone during the day. I know. Welcome. 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 Welcome, welcome right. to the show. Molly Bame. everybody. Our famed She's just, you know, she's Golly Miss Molly. She's our friend Molly. Just Malls, Malls at the Fable. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. She's like, you know. she's like a share or a prince. She just can go by Molly. Yeah, and everyone knows.
1: Yeah, there, yep. You could do that if you wanted to. Just don't, just don't tell me your dog's name is Molly as well, because I do get that a lot.
0: Oh, <laughs> I know. I
1: don't know how I'm supposed to react to that. Look.
0: I know we're all like oh, so. we all really have dogs in laps. Brooke Brooke did her have her her new foster maybe newly adopted doggy in her lap earlier but and, and there's there's my other girl moping in uh. a, a depressive state in the background. <laughs> so don't worry. It's
2: great. Everyone we'll brought their house. dogs. Uh-huh. Thanks. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, we wanted to invite you to Sidework podcast cause we're a big fan of hanging out with you when you're bartending and doing your thing. Um, so we kind of basically start off with every guest just asking about your background, how, and when did you get into the service industry? Um,
1: I got into the service industry. I started when I was in high school, I would say maybe my, my senior year. Um, I okay so my very first service industry job was at a Wendy's outside of the city that I grew up in in Michigan and to this day I will I completely 100% attest to the fact that it was my favorite mm-hmm. uh it's been my favorite job ever since I mean I've been doing this for a really long time but it was I don't know if it's because I was still a kid then or what but it was way sure far. to this day I just have nothing but great memories and um it was hilarious. It was hilarious and it was awesome and I just wish every job could be just as fun and accepting even though it's very corporate. Um but yes, it's And and it's then you have crazy. access to
0: a frosty machine anytime you yes, want, right? We can just Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> the number of things that I ate there and, you know, and didn't like go home with diabetes. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, that's like, um, that
2: was, right. But I, I uh, was my favorite job. I was going to say, I'm like, let me interject that I don't disagree that this, like, so I always felt like in high school specifically too, with all of our options of where we would get like our quick school lunch break, it yeah. was a classy affair to go eat in the dining room of uh-huh. Wendy's yeah. uh-huh. because they tried a little bit harder. It was carpeted. <laughs> there were brass railings, maybe mm-hmm. some fake plants. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you were... uh a newly nervous about your weight, young teenage yeah. lady, you could be like, I'm just having a, bling, yeah. uh, a plain baked potato. Dude, fucking for lunch baked Potato bar, or- Baked potato bar at Wendy's.
0: Hello. <laughs> to this day, uh,
1: I always pull up a Chili's. All the way, uh, all, a Chili, I should say. Uh, yes. Yeah, like, I, it's, it was just, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I don't know what Wendy's you went to, which one you went to, because ours wasn't that classy. <laughs> uh, but maybe that's why I love it so much. <laughs> you know, like, um, just, I don't know. Getting a lot, like all of the all of the kids that um, I didn't even go to school with these kids, but we're all around the same age, and we all kind of had similar backgrounds. I mean, we were all at Wendy's. We all <laughs> had a high nice school job at Wendy's. Like that's about all you. Had I to love have to that. Yeah. So my um, friend,
2: my my friend Brooke worked at a Wendy's, and you can confirm whether this is true or not. Yeah. Because I think this sounds a little delicious. She said though, like on the grill that when you would scrape it at the end of the day, as we now call like pan fond or gristle or leftover beef, a lot of that would get scraped and collected and go into the chili. True or false? You know
1: what? I may block that out of my memory or, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It could be, at the same time, it sounds, it could very well be tasty. Uh, You know, I just, um, I don't remember that being a situation, but I do remember, um, I do remember like, uh any of the like you would throw like meat on the grill in preparation for a burger to be ordered and if and if like in some in some um amount of time the burger was not ordered and the meat wasn't used it would that would be used in the chili and that's what kind of gave it that extra flavor i mean i mean we're not talking about like burgers that have been on the grill for hours but like you know right it's right not, like freshly made within five or ten minutes you're like okay let's put that in the chili and it would um yeah I mean Ah, deep a charbroiled charbroiled all my life and I'm still alive
2: so I love it yeah she's and now were you of an era that you got to wear like the vertical striped uniform or had they changed at that point to like a polo
1: yes yeah like a really harsh harsh turquoise (laughs) yeah that sounds
2: right I want to say
1: and they I I was like damn and they yeah but I do remember and winning they- like an employee of the month pin. and to this day I still have that.
0: Hell yeah! That's
1: right. I was good on the fries. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And that's it. how I knew. Now they it was- have
0: robots. Now robots are cooking fries. Just so you know. <laughs>
1: yes, right, right. It's like the love is missing there. But that's how I do. Mm-hmm. I'd make a great bartender. You know what I mean? If I can, if I can, if I can pull up, you know, five different fries at the same time, and they can all taste fresh, then you know what's up. <laughs>
2: You know, what's up? That was just that was a signal that she was going to effortlessly and seamlessly transition into bartending one day soon. Right. Right. You know, man, I think I have lunch plans that I'm developing right now. Right. Involves going to a Wendy's. My Um, only
1: complaint about L.A. only is that there are not there are way more McDonald's and Burger King's than there are Wendy's. Um, But, you know, it's it's kind of like that's what gives makes it that's, you know, it's kind of like in and out, you know, if you're in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, shit there's an in and out you know let me let me let me have some of that because i don't know the next time i'll be in an area where there is one um so it gives it that extra like coveted effect maybe
2: um, maybe it's time to franchise a wendy's because there's you're looking at someone perhaps. who would 100 hit up a wendy's perhaps.
1: So yes well i don't know <laughs> i might mean, be a little rusty on my skills but um <laughs> but I, did, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I haven't cooked in a very long time much less for others but um yeah, about two years after my 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 Wendy's stint, um, I started working at a another chain restaurant, uh, California Pizza Kitchen, downtown um, Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I, started I was gonna off, say, yeah, that's where I started my bartending service. And
2: yeah, that was. I was gonna say you got the seven three four area code. Seven three four
0: represent
2: right. Yeah. Ann- so Arbor I'm assuming Michigan.
0: this was like prior to them being called like cpk this was back in the day when california pizza kitchen was like a classy fucking affair in right Arbor, well I, would assume.
1: I mean i remember the myself and my colleagues we would call it cpk but i didn't know whether or not it was something that like the patrons would do as well but now um you know now that hardly anyone knows that i ever worked there um i get to hear them talk about it in their own language and yeah i mean cpk i realized maybe because i'm in california Uh, it's, it's more, more of a CPK vibe than ever. Um, Mm, mm -hmm. but I honestly think that that was probably my best, um, to this day. That is, that's probably the one, um, experience. And I had many years of experience with that company. Um, but the one, the, the, the main experience that really helped to mold and shape, um, uh, where, where, where I was able to like, kind of like get my. Like, bartending requires a lot of efficiency, um, and that's to say, like, I'm, I'm, like, most efficient person, but I feel like that, having that job really helped because, um, you know, that style of service, that style of restaurant, mm-hmm. they, they expect more of you than to just for, you know, like, some of the more casual things that I've been doing over the years, and, um, you know, if you can, it's kind of like, if you can do all 30 of these things at once and um, not get written up by the end of your shift... <laughs> then then you know what you might be all right at an Irish pub in downtown LA or you know wherever else
2: there's also might I add that basically when you learn work ethic anywhere outside of California you're kind of a showstopper when you move here people are like look at this principled human like it is right she's not it's a real thing (laughs) no the, the way she's handling everything um sean is a cpk alum Mm -hmm. so you guys can chat about that at some point uh when we come see you next oh he sure is oh my goodness right and he i mean he like he craves the barbecue chicken pizza he even because this is what you do when you love people right even though i was vehemently against it Mm -hmm. i've let it work its way into my heart because i love sean yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> I honestly um there are you know I have my qualms, I have my uh you know, there's downsides to every everything. Uh, I have my opinions, but um, you know, I can I can appreciate s- certain things ab- about about my my uh experience there as well as you know, I mean the restaurant's still thriving. I don't know how things are going now, uh post-pandemic, but mm-hmm. you know, it you know, I can after being in the industry for so long and, um, you start to, you start to realize the challenges and, um, you know, so if someone could, can, uh, if their company can t- continue to grow after a number of years or, you know, they're still, they're still thriving in any capacity. You're just kind of like, you know, pat on the back to you. Mm-hmm. It's, you got a lot of different personalities, um, both, you know, within the force the, uh, the, um, and, you know, within your, your team and then, and then, uh, um, your clientele, you know, mm-hmm. you don't know that, uh, you know, it, it's hard to, it's hard to tell what's going to work and what's not. I would
0: say, yes. I feel like you talking about this, it like, it's really translating to like you as an individual too, as a bartender. Cause now you've, it's almost like you've become your own business because you do hop from place to place and you learned, you know, all these skills specifically working at California pizza kitchen, like you said, <laughs> but I think this segues really nicely into us talking about regulars yeah. and you saying like you work with all different kinds of people and what is that if not regulars, you know? Yeah. Like they're all very different. <laughs>
2: Right, Uh, they all have their own special needs that they're bringing to, and and you are you are you started it. Here's the thing: you you paid attention to them, and now they're like, "I need my Molly," and uh, you know, you have your you you were like Wednesday is your you know regular
1: mm -hmm. night, right? Right, Wednesdays and Um, Thursdays, and now you'll see me like pop up every once in a while other places, like surprise bonus. I'm here. Just kidding.
2: How did you like? Have you been building that? Since you basically were trying to carve out a place for yourself in Los Angeles, how did that? How did you get a foothold with that? I mean, other than just being lovable, the minute I met you, yeah. I was like, "Oh, she doesn't fuck around. I love her, and I want to please her." It's I think so that sweet. we
0: met you like maybe on. I, I was it your first night at the fable, and then like, we had yeah. been back. Like oh, yeah. we just right. haven't been out, we're, and then like you popped up, and we we're all like, "Ha!" You're like, like, "Whoa, you know, was, what's happening? We've got a we've got a female
1: presence alert." Yeah. Right. Because yeah. up until I joined uh, last April, when we were finally able to serve people in person again, it was just, you know, it was just Tanner and Sam and Tom holding it down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were, they were doing, they were doing everything it took to keep it, keep it going. And then finally we, we were able to um, open the doors to real live people. Uh, mm-hmm. We were able to serve inside still, but um, I don't know. I think from the, I don't know, it's a couple of things. From uh working with Tom, um, I I kind of already knew what I was what um what it what might take to have fun and succeed and, and do what it took to like make the bar somewhat what Tom wanted it to be. And that was, you know, having that rapport rapport with um the people with uh I mean like Tom's had a following. I don't even know how long he's been working in this industry in LA specifically, Mm -hmm. but right now, since I've known him, he's been kind of like a staple guy in, in the town of LA, uh, especially when it comes to beers and service industry. So, so that, that alone kind of gave me that. um, uh, Okay. Well, this is where I need to, this is the angle I need to take when I start working with and for him. Um, And then on top of it, it was um, it really, you know, he did a really great job of introducing me to his guests. Like he would to a friend Um, just to help. I know just to help. I mean, that's how I met Andrea, you know, and you Brooke. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, he, he kind of sets people up for that success and it's like, you make, you make of it what you will. And, um, you know, and I kind of, that kind of bled into all my other relationships with everybody else at Fable as, as the bar started to grow and build, it's almost like, um, it's almost like coming back after the pandemic. Um, not just, not only the employees and the staff um, they they were not the only ones to, to, um, be a part of that journey of regrowth. Um, the guests and as cheesy as the sounds, guests, I mean, I literally mean they were just as much a part of the journey because, um, these, you know, most of the people that I take care of now at the fable have been going to that bar for years, even before it was the fable. So like, uh, so it's like, oh, okay, here's the bar that I used to support. Let me continue to support it. And with that, like, they're helping the business grow just as much as, you know, the patrons. And um, you know, I I kind of respect everybody from that perspective as well. Um, and I think that helps to to um kind of like even out your relationships with people. Um, but I mean well, in general, there, I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, so like there are two thoughts that like popped into my head immediately while you were really describing all of this. But first is like the idea that Tom introduces his staff like you would introduce someone at a social gathering. Mm, right. A work event. There is not like a hierarchy of like here's the customer and right. here's mm-hmm. the person who's going to serve you. It's right. more like, hey, cool people yeah. who are going to have a great night together, right. have fun with each other. And yeah, that's never...
0: such a leveler. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Totally. And, he... and
0: not only that, and Molly, you took the words out of my mouth when you said you got set up for success. I mean, that's 100% Tom's game. I feel like the Mabel yep because Tom's been in the industry for so long, that's just what he does, not just for you, but as a customer and all the, all the things he's done to like be a part of the neighborhood and the community, yeah. like you said, like, and genuinely like the fucking nicest person you'll ever, you know what I mean? Like so caring and, and everyone mm-hmm. on staff, nobody's like, fuck you, fuck this job. No, you know, it is not. There's just that no room kind for of that place. there. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's not even that there's not any room for it. It's like, like, this is probably one
1: of the very few jobs where I, I would feel like, like I would, I would feel guilty if I even had a complaint. Not even guilty. It's just like, what's there to complain about when Tom's an open book? Tom, you know, going to him is not like going to somebody where you're you're afraid. Like, what's going to happen if you were to? You well, know, and voice let's a be fair, suggestion.
2: We we've talked from the get go, and I, I'm love. I love that we're showing shining examples of people who are doing it the right way. But yeah. we've all been trained to not trust what can only be described as owners who are full-on criminals that yeah. we've all worked with in the well, past. Yeah, so, yeah,
0: yeah. I know. It is yes. a lot like we, I, and I know it sounds like we're describing a utopia, you know, which we right. kind of are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, after a certain number of years, you would think that your experience would only get better based on your, you know, your sense of what, you know, what, like going into a situation as a bartender, if you've been doing it for a while, you, you kind of know what, what the good you know, where the red flags lie, uh, you know, where the, where the positives are. And you're just thinking like, Oh, these are, these are things I never experienced before. That's awesome. Or the, Oh man, that's going to be a problem down the road. You know, um, I would think that in my, um, even though I'm only 28 years old, my many mm-hmm. my many years mm-hmm. of experience I'm not 28. Um, <laughs> my experience will only get better and better. Including, you know, so at, at this point, it's like, okay, well, this is definitely by far, and I can honestly say, that's it, one of the best bartending gigs I've ever had. Um, it's very fuss free, it's easy, and uh, I don't know. I think it's just the neighbor of Eagle Rock itself, um, and that's one of the biggest things you know, that's the only reason why you'll see me more than two days a week there is because I'm willing to pick up more shifts because, uh, you know, help other employees out or whatnot. But because, um, be- but because I know going into work, I'm never going to hate anybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, okay. I literally don't hate any patron. Nobody comes up as like a problem person to me. And that says a lot when there's alcohol involved. Okay. Yeah. So-
0: yes. But, but you, but there, but you had other jobs where you had regulars before this, and I'm sure okay. it was not fun.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Mm, I mean, I kind of, a pre- like, wait, if you're a regular, I already have a, a special place for you in my heart. So like you would have to really do something really, it, I mean, and I know that I'm, I may be a little bit unique in this, but I think it's also because I spent a lot of time bartending in Chicago where I was, yeah. paying, you know, breaking up fights, uh, kicking people out. Uh, you know, letting people know they're being racist, uh cleaning up people's blood, you know, from there, this, this is gold. And so you kind of have to, like, there are patients that could poop on the floor and I would still be happy to see them again the next day. So I don't know if I'm really the one to, like, go, you know, to, like, base my no,
0: no, no, no. fresh, my fresh is like,
1: unusually. And I don't know if it's because I feel um empathetic because we've all been there. Not that I've ever pooped yeah. on a bar floor, but... <laughs> You know, like I, I like to think that I have a tolerance. I mean, people go to bars to have a good time, but also, you know, not a not a hundred percent of people are at their a hundred percent when they walk into a bar, you know. So right now, I just kinda like expect not expect the worst, but um, but I also like try to be understanding. Um, also because like it would it's in my best interest. Like uh, you know, you go in there with an attitude of these people are gonna be really, you know, you know, get ready. Here comes the fight. It's like that sounds
0: miserable. That just sounds like a I know. really terrible Yeah, like why are you reporting to here? work at a job like that if it's the, the worst? That. If it's yeah, just, yeah. Right. But you know, there's a lot that goes into that and like the vibe, the owners, all the bullshit, the shitty yeah. customers that come in and people just decide to stay. It's a yeah. weird fucked up abusive relationship yeah. sometimes that i think bartenders and even regulars can get themselves into you know yeah. i think a lot of sometimes regulars just love the abuse they're just like is this bartender gonna treat me like shit again wow, i'm you know, I coming that, but it's true it's
1: like it gives them like <laughs> some type of structure that they're missing in their everyday lives or you know if we really <laughs> want to get deep with it but it's true i mean you're right it's um like going into a bar is a very unique situation because it does give you an interaction that you, that, you know, for some people it's just like, oh, I'm missing this interaction outside of, outside of this place. It gives you a unique experience that no other service industry, um, uh, like, uh, like many other pockets of the industry cannot provide. Um, right. Well, because
2: you are allowed to sit for hours, and <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like especially. If you're not terribly slammed, you might be able to have like a conversation where like outside of the bar, maybe, you know, no one wants to talk to you for whatever reason. And it's like, there's, it's like a port in the storm for some people, Yeah. other people just, you know, and for me working with you briefly on Monday nights, like that's the thing is I recognize too, which was kind of circling back to what you said is that it's a bar that's been in the neighborhood for a long time. And you guys didn't come in. Looking to rearrange it You looked in coming Into it like You were inheriting people Who Mm -hmm. were hoping You would give them Mm -hmm. The same If not a better Experience A thousand percent Um, And that is And that's so funny because you're like, this bar came with regulars who are probably going to be like, that's not how things go around here. And sort of like riding the fine line of being like, don't worry, we got you. Worst case scenario, we're just going to do an even better job, but remain really chill, friendly. And uh, but yeah, man, I met some of the Monday night uh, karaoke, like bar regulars plus karaoke, too. I Mm -hmm. was just like, man, there's like Joe there's the guy who I met, who I still see there, who was unfortunately, his brother was sick, you oh, know, Dave, and passed yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dave, yep. you know, Dave was yeah. there last week when we were there. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Dave, who loves right. to sing John Prine, right. you know? Yep, that's, and, that's Dave, yes. But, even in that situation, right, where I feel like at bars, where people don't care about customers or care about their regulars, what I saw was a lot of inclusiveness, a lot of cheering mm-hmm. for people who were clearly down on their luck versus yeah. you're very, de- you're, you are supportive and you defend them and include them, which I think is a reason people love you. <laughs> no, well, I, I think that's,
1: yeah, I think that it, whether regardless of whether or not that's unique to me, I've seen that work. Not even like, not even like it's a tactic, but like, uh, now that you have verbalized it, it, it has been a pattern of, of, um, whether or not a crowd is having a good time. Because at the end of the day, like there's just that one thing they all have in common and they're all at a bar drinking alcohol together. And more than likely people from all these different walks of life appreciate the fact that they're in a room with so many other people that, um, they can actually, you know, have a laugh with that um i sound really british also have a laugh with Um, no have a laugh with have a laugh yes um but when they're all together like i don't know um how many times have you been to like a basketball game and the entire crowd is cheering and you're like i don't know who these people are but the vibe just really carries it's like the same camaraderie man you know yeah Yeah. and and that's what i love about karaoke specifically at um, the fable i tell people that i I almost advertise it because it's like i don't want people to miss out on feeling like a a freaking superstar like if you've ever want to felt oh, famous yeah. go to the fable during karaoke um because people will make you feel like they just bought tickets to a beyonce concert and <laughs> yeah
0: so and it. you guys are doing live band karaoke now which yeah. i have to come and right. attend um which is then you have fucking backup singers and people like playing like music behind you right. which is great um, this is Wait, the, what, where did you work can- in Chicago? I want to know where you clean blood up. Ooh, okay. Ooh. So I love telling
1: the story, but it's a long one. So I'm not going to tell the story, but I, okay. uh, I worked at a bar in Chicago in Wicker Park. Um, okay. it's been like about 10 years now. So I think the neighborhood's a lot nicer. Um, so that's a lot of fun. And, uh, but, uh, but back then it was like, you know, it was kind of like the, uh, Eagle Rock or not the Eagle Rock, uh, the Echo Park yeah um, yeah of, yeah, of Chicago. But I worked on Milwaukee at a place called Standard Bar and Grill. Um, uh-huh. It was it was a sports bar. It was a sports bar, but um, you know with like their whole gastro menu, two different floors. Um, I remember we had partnered up with the LSU Alumni of Chicago uh, group. and so we were in a, a, like a Louisiana type bar when we needed to be. Other than that, though, it's uh, it was um, it was just like a whole lot of like. I don't know, like just sports loving hipsters. If there is even yeah.
0: such a thing. Well, I was going to say, you know, I live in Chicago. Like we both lived in Chicago for, I lived there for 13 years. And so you and I were probably there at the same time. And I, yeah. I, I, I see Wicker Park as being like, you know, quote unquote hipsterville. So I'm right. just like, and of course it's Chicago. So there's everybody loves sports yeah. and there's going to be a sports bar, but I just feel like there'd be a lot of clashing yeah. attitudes in a place you, like that. Considering you, the neighborhood. You would, you know what you would think And I think that's probably,
1: you know what, that probably was the case, but it didn't feel as much there because it's like, if you went to this, if you went to standard, you kind of knew what the standard was. Uh, I don't think people were exploring it because they wanted to know what kind of a place it was. I think they, they just already knew this is, you know, especially the regulars. I know what to expect. I know who's going to be working there. I know what, what sports are going to be on. I know out of the 36 TVs, there's going to be something I'm going to want to watch. And that just, that may sound like overwhelming for somebody who's like, oh, I really want a nice drink. Um, but it, it I mean, and it was, it was like the one, uh, if you've ever been to Chicago, you'll, you know, Lincoln Park is very, mm-hmm. has its own vibe. Um, it was probably like the most Lincoln Park, mm-hmm. uh, Wrigleyville bar out of, yeah, sure. out of all the bars in Wicker Park. Um, but I honestly, I think it was, it was cool because you did, you get, you get a little bit of a mix of people from everywhere, um, That would go there on a regular basis, like whether or not they were like hipsters from the neighborhood um, or maybe it was like the one haven where all the um, the non hipster yuppies would actually feel comfortable in the heart of Wicker Park. You know, they were like, Mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm. there's there's a place I can identify with. Um, But uh, we get athletes up in there. Uh, It was just like really, really, really interesting. Um, but the nights on the weekends would get crazy, and like, if you know Chicago bars stay open till like <laughs> three o'clock in the morning on Saturdays, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this had to have been one of those nights. But uh, we used to get party party bookings pretty consistently, and there was one in particular where, uh, also very common in Chicago, wearing flip flops in the dead of summer, <laughs> which is normal, <laughs> right? Not, but not when you go to a bar where everyone's running into each other and everyone's carrying glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, But people just, you know, everyone, flip-flops in a metropolitan city, only in Chicago. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, you know, that mixed with with alcohol and people dropping glassware, um, you know, there was a murder scene. It felt like a murder scene at the end of the night. Um, oh God! Right, I know it was. It's. it's I'm not like, doing a very good, like, good job of describing it. I'm just telling you all. No, no, reports.
0: people would cut the shit out of their feet, and it'd be mixed with and all sorts of liquids, including right. blood, right. it would be all over the floor at the end right. of the night. Basically, you guys, what you're saying.
2: it's it's like the hepatitis A references just keep writing themselves <laughs> right. in this episode. Right. <laughs> right.
0: It's, well, I mean, it's
2: not to say everybody's feet were cut. I'm
1: just going to say that there was one person in particular, and I just remember walking around, uh, trying to get through the crowd, and thinking to myself, "Why is this floor so sticky?" who spilled what and I looked down and I realized um I am tracking someone's blood all over the floor and you know my you know and I don't want to make it sound like I mean that that, that's not it's like one one time in my many years of doing this that's ever happened I don't want to make it sound like that bar was a liability but we and we definitely you know we made sure that she she got out of there right away safely even so Mm -hmm. but um but like only
2: in chicago man <laughs> oh, yeah. but only in chicago yeah. we we worked right. in lincoln square at a you know bar and grill called the bad dog tavern and yeah. i'm thinking back to the early 2000s our co-workers
0: 100 percent they would wear flip-flops to work which yeah. i was behind like, the bar yeah. mm-hmm. working the floor
2: i get that it's out like, on the patio. Mm-hmm. I hate that more than you can. I I was, it was always closed toe for me, baby. I mean, I'll
1: I'll flap it up, but I mean, like only there, it's like, are you going to walk six blocks in shoes that are barely hanging onto your feet? You know, (laughs) like people don't even do that here in LA and, you know, California is like, you know,
0: beach city, USA or uh, LA. I know, dude. Beach City, you know yeah. the old call the old Los Angeles, Beach City, USA. Yeah, I, love that. I, I wonder if you're from here. <laughs> yeah, when uh, people that are not from here that think
1: you know have some idea of what LA is like, but
2: uh, I wonder if people in Chicago just have exceptionally stronger like claw gripping toe <laughs> strength. You know, they do. Because they and I think they're just around. like fuck
0: it. Uh, you know how bad winter is? My feet will be bare. Right. I don't care about the consequences. <laughs> Bring on the shards of glass. No, the, you people know? literally take it mm-hmm.
1: on as a challenge. Like winter time is, it's not a season, man. It's a challenge, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. They're ch- like, I've been, I've been wearing gore- Gore-Tex guys. on my
0: feet for months, right, you right. know? Yeah.
1: No, I've worked with guys that would wear shorts throughout the winter. And, you know, like, like they're making a point of it. As in like, I grew up in this area. Why can't I wear shorts when it's negative 20 degrees out?
0: Oh, that's my brother state. through and through. My brother will like – now. He, he lives in Omaha, but yes. it still is cold. He'll like wear shorts in the dead of winter. Yeah. He's just like, that's just how I roll, mom. Yeah. He doesn't talk like that, but <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine. Uh, but I don't know. You know, it's also – it's just – it's a choice. I feel like – You know, I don't know if you caught wind of this, Molly, but it was like in the 70s for St. Patrick's Day in Chicago this year, a few weeks ago. And you know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be 70 for literally 30 minutes and then it's going to go back to 50 degrees and then (laughs) down to 30 degrees. And And there's going to be mounds of black ice. There's going to be piles of shitty water everywhere, you know. And they're all going to come stumbling into the standard. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. The standard was probably a huge mess. Let's just say that oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. This, um, uh, this past St. Patty's at the Babel,
1: uh, it was like it was a gem of a night compared to some of the shifts I've ever worked during St. Patty's in Chicago. Um, yeah. Like before I went, to, uh, before I came LA, not that they mistreated me there, but I'll tell you, like the, the the difference is so vast that when I came to LA and started working in the service industry and I was told I had to take a break, I, I was like, what's a break? A break. Oh yeah, you right. You know, I was like, "Oh, you mean take a, like a breather, like a s- smoke break?" No, no, you got to clock out, clock out. But I'm still, you know, like it's just didn't make. It took me like at least years. It took me at least a few years for me to finally get down the the structure of it all. And I get it to protect the, um you know, the the workforce. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, and it's you know great to have that in place. But I just remember thinking. In Chicago, when I tried to take a break on one particular St. Patty's, um, it, like, it, had, it had come to a lull in the middle of the day before the next big wave of craziness. Yeah. And my boss like, was like- I just like, want to yes.
0: shove this cold club sandwich in my face back here for, yeah, you know. my boss was like, mm-hmm. don't you want to make money? And I was like, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but like, just like that alone and, and just how different it is now, I just, um, no wonder I think this place is just such a jet because maybe because I come from like a very different background you know not that I loved it still but
2: yeah well like maybe in addition to that idea of like you're losing money time is money but also the idea for me I get anxious being like yeah but if I step away I'm gonna come back to chaos or being in the weeds like that feeling of always needing to control the floor totally
0: but May I think I, okay, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that's just like where you have like this fast paced management and you go through it. And like you said in the moment, like you, it was, it was great for you. You loved the job. You loved working there. I was listening to this like awesome um, fresh air yesterday. And they were talking about a guy who he has a book about sur- the history of surgery, right? Mm-hmm. And where we look as like, um having to like amputate a leg before ether was around as like fucking barbaric. How could anybody, and you know, all these old like right. uh, surgical patterns, but like, he right. was like, no, but you have to, you have to understand. But like in the time that was like, that was the best service you're gonna get. That was the that was that was fucking top notch. Right, They were using metal, not like, wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you. I feel like you're kind of like, and we keep having these advancements, right? Cool. That just we just get better and better. And it's it's a weird analogy I'm making, and, but I just I think it's just like you know I still fucking love working at the standard. I still loved my job and did a great job and have all these memories. But now you've like you've graduated to like. Cushy surgery where there's right. fucking, uh, anesthesia and everybody's cool and your job is easier. Right. And, you know, so I just think Yeah, back to uh, my day. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I it hope it true. continues
2: to normalize. Um, if we gave some advice for wrapping up the end of the show, uh, mm-hmm. would you talk just briefly? What are some tips uh for any of our young aspiring bartenders who are maybe trying to build up their Tuesdays or Wednesdays? What are some tips for getting people who want to come see you in a non douchey way?
1: Um, in a non douchey way. Well, that's
2: gonna be tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's a really great and, question. And without because... giving away the bar and like fucking right. over the owner, you no. know what I'm saying? Like... No, I
1: think I think if I can come from a very personal, uh, from personal experience, I would say. Um, uh getting the people know people's names is really hugely important, I think. Um, it goes along with like keeping things as personable as possible. Um, you know, I know I'm gonna sound really lame again, like once again, like Molly, okay, Molly Anna. Um uh, but, uh, <laughs> but you want to make everyone feel less like a business transaction and more mm-hmm. like an actual person. Um and also, maybe it would help for you to go to bars too as a patron, so that way you know what what you do and don't care for. Ah. Uh, right. So I know it's a tough, you know, it's a tall glass of water. I mean, it's a it's a tough, it's a tall order to ask you to go have a drink at a bar, but I'm suggesting that it might actually help. Um, but no, there's, you know, there's that, I think they're having a personal ring to everything. And it's not like, don't be like, you know, I'm not saying be creepy and know everything about every person that walks in there. Um, but at the very least try to remember people's names, um, not just for them, but it'll also really help you. Um and you know what um, you know what
2: came to mind you know what came to mind when you were speaking a little bit early that i i I feel like your bar and your regulars and people who come into the fable feel respected Mm -hmm. yes well i hope so i should hope so as a person as a person and a customer but more so they feel like people right like you're like don't treat them like a business transaction they're people who have come in for different like a
1: myriad of reasons right and there's i mean we've all been to a bar where the bartender thinks that they are um, given some type of right as a bartender, not just any employee. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, okay, man, I might've had five drinks and I'm slurring my words a little bit, but there's no need to treat me like an animal, you know? And that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from too. Like, I hate seeing people in positions of certain power take that, take advantage of that. Um, just because somebody's blackout drunk doesn't mean, right, you know, kicking to the curb and You know, whatever. I mean, like, yes, there's a certain there's a limit to your liability. Can't let people hang out if they are running into people left and right, because that's Mm -hmm. someone's going to end up hurt. But um, but yeah, that's one thing. Like, just don't remember that you're just you're 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 the same person. You just have to be working versus sitting at the bar.
0: Like such a good fucking I guess I never in my whole life have been like you do. You've seen all these scenarios again and again where someone gets so drunk at a bar they get kicked out like it's like shocking yeah it's like, like it's, it's like, like the worst it's like you're in a bar like right well and i'm not <laughs> saying
1: let, let's let hell you know roll willy-nilly but right. uh, but like at the very least um you know you're not going to tea party and right. um um unless it's like the uh, america's first revolutionary. With some tea. Party.
0: totally or there's actually a bar which i didn't bring up today but they're actually making a hot version of long island iced teas now that are supposed to be like totally incredible yeah and you like drink it with sushi um it's and i think yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I'm, it's you worth know what? a try it I sounds say- very
1: dangerous but it sounds delicious mm-hmm. also
2: mm-hmm if you're talking about Revolutionary War, if we're talking about don'ts, if we're talking about, like, like, f- fine. If someone's trying to perform a barbaric amputation, yes, get them out of your bar. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Get out. There's, no, get there's right. no anesthesia. Emotionally, you yeah. know yeah. what I
0: mean? Any of that stuff, sure. Right. You know, right. once again, liabilities. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And once people start kicking back the sauce, you know, sometimes the little monsters they've been holding yeah. in deep down inside come right. out. We all know, know that, know. you know? Like, we're not we're here to keep
1: everyone safe and make sure everyone has a good time and that the bar is um rocking and rolling but uh but judgment there's no place for that there's no place you yeah, know like you don't kick someone out someone out and cast your judgment upon them um which i feel like you know most everybody i've worked with at least over the past five you know few years has been really cool about like we don't we don't go out of our way to make people feel bad. And I really hope people don't, Um, but, um, but the judgment, it's like, you can get somebody out of there if you're making like a physical judgment call. But I think that um, casting your character judgment on them is like
2: really, it's lame it's lame and, yeah, it's lame. and like, we, super lame right we, we came to the bar we so came more about to the bar to get them. away from yeah. yeah yeah it's like society's tough yeah. enough that's why we're sitting here having a drink yeah, you right. Know? yeah. right Right. well right, right, yeah
0: right. well if you guys uh if you guys are in the la area and you want to go to a nice evolved beautiful utopian bar experience where in my opinion the, behind the bar has the most it's the most luxurious space spacious Yes, behind behind the bar right. situation where where bar fellow bartenders can just move gracefully yeah. by each Unless other. There's no cramming. Me,
1: then I might run into you a few times. Take it up.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, um, but go see Molly on Wednesday or Thursdays, and you know if you see her and be like, "Hey, I heard about you from Sidework podcast." She'll probably just give you like, "Oh, cool," you know. Yeah. Cool. No, no free drinks. Right. Just, just a, oh, cool. Leave on my bar, please. <laughs> there you go that's a pet peeves right there that's a big one right that's my Uh, my Molly you're Molly you're the best we are overdue for a hang I need to come in um so I'll come see you soon yes we should we should all go in on
1: one of those live band karaoke Mondays because I still get oh my god
0: I'd love that yeah I would love that so hard amazing um well thanks again for being on the show Brooke you know what we say at the end of every episode Godspeed and good tips you guys we will talk to you next week thanks mom yay thanks for having me you guys I appreciate it